So we've talked before about uh, frivolous lawsuits against food companies. A big one is, uh, you know, there was one last year against a fast food place. It might even, was it Taco Bell that we talked about where they said that, I think it was because I think it was like Crunchwraps didn't have as much stuff in them as it looked like they did on the on the picture. So they were suing for false advertising. Was that Taco Bell? I think it was Taco Bell, okay. wasn't it? But anyway, but people do this stuff all the time. Yeah, of course. They sued, I think, was it Buffalo Wild Wings because their uh, boneless wings were not really wings, but were nuggets. Right, right. Which everyone knows what a boneless wing is, and it's not a wing of anything because wings have bones, generally speaking. Well, um, one of your most favorite products is uh, gets sued all the time, too. They were I was confused at first. I wasn't sure if this was an old news story or not, because a judge actually dismissed a lawsuit against Kraft Velveeta mac and cheese last year. Whoa. Um, because they're so last year, there was a five million dollar lawsuit against them that was dismissed um, because the ready time claim on the box somebody felt was misleading what i don't get it you you, you mean like 10 the to 12 minutes or something the lawsuit alleged that the company claimed the macaroni and cheese cups took three and a half minutes to prepare oh, cups okay the suit claimed that the time limit did not amount include the amount of time it took to remove the lid add water and stir in the cheese <laughs> sauce i see so, so they were entitled so to five million dollars someone was damaged oh that person needs to be executed obviously but that said, also, how low are you if you're doing a mac and cheese cup? I could do Velveeta all day and night, and it has been a big part of my life, and most of the reason why I'm fat. But you're you're adding water to the prefab thing, yeah, and then sweet, I don't believe you probably it. should be should be um, should be uh, drawn and quartered. I don't believe in adding water to the mac and cheese anyway. Only milk. I want it to be creamy. Of course. What kind of son of a bitch would ever add water to mac and cheese? Of course. Of course. No. Have I told on this podcast the story of my swim team training trip in 2006 before? Don't. I've, I've what been having enough violent thoughts, Alice. Generally. Have I told that on this podcast before? I don't know. That I was, it was terrible. It was in Maui. People have asked me, like, how could you have a bad time in Maui? I had a terrible time in Maui. And part of the reason was I was stuck in a stupid sharing a house with these girls who were so crazy about food like they accused the swim team this is the, right, the swim, swim team. no not lexington tufts oh tufts okay the tufts swim team okay it's their training trip they go to nice places because nobody would Let ever the record show here that by the way that generally you're in a place called maui with a bunch of cute co-eds doing this four great, hours of swim this practice should be a day. great story for men to hear but somehow you make me want to throw a grenade into the building doing four hours of swim practice plus cross training every day and it was and all the girls on the team were mean and horrible and um yelled at me for eating too much food all the time including and i've never heard this before or since but i made macaroni and cheese why were they yelling at you they were mad at me for eating too much food. Well, were they all like... Bleeding? A lot of them were fat, oh. too, on top of that. And like, I wasn't, but... The, were anyway. you the worst swimmer? No. Why did they hate you? I don't know. Weird. That, I don't know. People are just mean. I don't know. But anyway, so... Long story short, um, I made macaroni and cheese, and 
one of them was like, ew, you add the whole cheese packet to that? And I was like, well, yeah, they like measure it. It comes with a packet because you're supposed to add the whole pack. And they were like, ew, no. Do you know how much sodium that has? She needs you to don't be need, need you need like half the packet oh. at most. Okay. I'm, I'm having violent thoughts. This is not. We just didn't get a lot. We didn't see eye to eye on a host of issues. Um, so, I learned anyway. long ago, Alice, mm-hmm. 1989, I learned that was my first foray into Velveeta. And uh, this was the the box with the with the cheese product in it. And I learned I'm not actually a fan of it. I don't uh, like. You know, stop it. it. Yes, I you're a fan of it. Powdered. No, no mac and cheese. Different animal. Products. But I learned back then that the Velveeta shells in cheese that you needed two boxes because you need two packets in one thing of of shells because processed cheese is wonderful. It is gorgeous. It is. It is a gift from God. It's God's way of saying he loves us. I don't really us. believe that room temperature cheese should be a liquid. What? I don't think that room temperature cheese should be a liquid. Like, it's you one should... thing to melt cheese that's real cheese, but, like, I don't I don't like... It makes me nervous. No, like, it's processed wonderful. Processed cheese products. I like melted processed cheese. Processed cheese is wonderful. When I make nachos, you... I melt cheddar cheese onto the nachos. Okay. I don't processed like cheese. Oozy... No, yes, you do. No. Yes, you do. Yes. No, so anyway, so but apparently there is this, nothing better in this world than processed cheese on a crisp chip. Well, plaintiff Martin Siska agrees with me in his class action lawsuit that he has filed against Kraft, Hein Kraft Heinz Foods. By the way, did you know that Kraft owned Velveeta? Because I, I don't know that I, I knew so. that before. Anyway, anyway. I mean, there's only two companies out there, right? I guess so. Um, Cisco alleges Kraft prominently labels its Velveeta shells and cheese product as made with real cheese, even though cheese is not a predominant ingredient in the cheese sauce. Of course. The Velveeta ingredients class action lawsuit was filed in New York City. Kraft Heinz Food Company deceptively labels its Velveeta shells and cheese product as made with real cheese, even though cheese is not a predominant ingredient. Plaintiff Martin Siska claims consumers increasingly seek healthier food options, including products made with real ingredients. Um, and that Kraft capitalizes on the growing demand for real ingredients as by labeling their Velveeta shells and cheese as made with real cheese. However, the ingredients list uh, has way... Can we do a public service here, mm-hmm. Alice? I didn't make this up, but when I was doing Fat Camp, my uh, instructor in Fat Camp... Yes. Family friend, mm-hmm. sister wife, Alice? Alice? Go ahead. Um, made the point that you can only in a grocery store go around the edges, none of the middle aisles. It's not new. She didn't invent that. Yes, she did. She was very brilliant and innovative. You could only wish. Among other people, Mitt Romney's wife said that during the so, presidential campaign. But here's campaign. the thing. Here's the thing. More specifically, mm-hmm. is it the aisle with the mac and cheese? There's nothing healthy or real in that aisle. It's all a lie. That aisle. I love that aisle. It's my favorite aisle. The pasta <laughs> aisle, especially Market Basket, is my favorite. But none of it's real food. No, none of it's real food. It's all BS. And by the way, Whey those and of you, canola oil are the primary you, ingredients in the cheese sauce, just in case you're wondering. Those of you, yeah, and it's also not yellow, you know. Those of you, I but, but I buy into the lie because it's wonderful. But those of you as well who like walk around and think like somehow Annie's shells are healthy because they're cuter and smaller. It's also not. It's all poison. It's, the whole thing's poison. It's delicious, and poison is worth having in life, because life without poison is 
not fun. Yeah, I don't think that the reason why, even though consumers do seek out healthier options, I do not believe that people buy Velveeta mac and cheese shells because they're trying to make healthier life choices. No. <laughs> no nobody I is. don't think they see the box and go, oh, made with real cheese. This must be a healthy choice. I even appreciate them like making it yellow. You know, it's like a wink. Here you go. It's more <laughs> made with real cheese. Okay, thanks. Makes me feel good about being like a, a fat ass, you know? Mm-hmm. By adding whey and canola oil, purchasers get a smaller amount of real cheese ingredients than what is promised or implied by the front label, the Velveeta class action lawsuit asserts. By the way, there's also a reason like why it's room temperature insta-liquid. That's what I'm saying. Like right. I don't trust anything. Cheese is not a liquid at room temperature, generally speaking. So right. there's a lot going on in there. It, but but, I, but once again, it's wonderful. Like even even in the late 70s and 80s, that that aerosol cheese that's in the cracker aisle. The, yeah. Also not cheese. No, but it's wonderful. It's great stuff. But I, you buy into the fantasy. A lot of a lot of food stuff is buying into the fantasy. You know. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably somewhat true um so anyway so how do we rule on this class action lawsuit it it includes anybody who purchased um who purchased it's in new york only i guess right now proposed class of individuals in new york who purchased Velveeta shells and cheese labeled as being made with real cheese in new york i think everybody involved in that class action suit should be incarcerated for 100 years craft all that crap food is great. It's wonderful. It tastes good. It is, as as, as somebody who's got uh, me, at least, uh, five kids, there is a lot of gimmicky, crappy food out there that is a lifesaver. Mm. And they do like mac and cheese, although generally our kids aren't Velveeta people either. No, they're not. They don't know it to be. But Well, no, they like, they're fans of the craft elbows, which I love. <sighs> and... Annie's mac and cheese. I will say Annie's this about the craft about is... the craft elbows. Mm-hmm. Is that when you doctor it up with tuna, it's freaking delicious, delicious. Oh, yeah. And actually, you can glean a little bit of uh, nutrition out of that. Oh yeah, I've been a proponent of tuna mac for many years. Now we eat hot sauce, obviously. It can it, you can? Certainly. Well, you're not a hot sauce person. Yeah, but I've I've been a fan of putting barbecue sauce in my mac and cheese. It's the same animal, certainly. Just to give it a little kick, vinegary yeah. kind of flavor to it, right? But also, I've even put, but I've be- even mixed. This is weird, but I've mixed baked beans with my mac and cheese and some extra um, barbecue sauce on them. It's very pro forma Southern dish, right? Um, but but we should be also be honest about something, and this is mm-hmm. one of the reasons that, believe it or not, Alice, that I love you. Okay, you're not going to say it back. I love you too, honey. Thank yes, you. go ahead. I want to find out what the reason is that you love me first, if it's insulting or not. Because a lot of times, this is going. This is this is rated X for us for this show. A lot of times, Alice, when making a batch of mac and cheese and/or pasta, mm-hmm. you will have the audacity to throw an entire stick of butter in there. You need a half a stick of butter per box. So if you make two boxes, which our kids mm-hmm. eat, you do have to put a whole stick in. Does it say that? I think it says two to four tablespoons, but a half a stick is four tablespoons. But you over so. butter stuff. You've given me dishes before with like, the, the thing is swimming in melted butter. Well, obviously. Butter is the best thing 
Right. So that's what we have to also say. Butter is the best thing in the world. There's no doubt about that. My goodness. So like if you're talking the the shells and cheese, yeah, but it's also because it's swimming in butter. But you're right. And this is the thing. So here's similarly to how when I make taco meat, I... You know how when you make taco meat, you're supposed to A, drain the fat, yeah, and then B, add water to absorb the powder that you're adding that makes it into a sauce, right? Because the yes, powder yes. has stuff that mixes with the water to make a sauce. So obviously, in my mind, I'm like, well, the fat is a liquid anyway. Mm-hmm. So you just leave the fat in, you don't add water, and you let the fat make the sauce with the powder. I disagree with you on this. And I'm a fat guy, mm-hmm. and not only a fat guy, but a fat... Do you fat- drain the... I do pour the fat out usually into the dog. When you make bowl. the taco meat, you do. I do because hamburger meat fat isn't great fat. I find, and I do find that if you add water, it makes the meat more silky and soft rather than more gravelly. So that's why uh, that's why I do that. I don't do it because I'm obviously I'm pro fat, but the hamburger meat fat is not great fat. And I, do- I don't see why it would be any different from any other beef fat. It just it, is there a scientific difference as to why it would be different? It's just beef, right? But I think that the, the idea is to make the meat nice and pillowy, soft, and that's why I add the water to do that. It's it's a different, and I think that the fat, the hamburger meat. Fat, why don't you just buy turkey then and save yourself some a step? No, no, that's a, a different animal. Although, uh, yeah, no, I don't I, actually I'd be more afraid of turkey just for to to the for E. coli. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but, but similarly to, to thing, that, Allison? but I wanted to I wanted to make a point about this because the same way that I don't drain the fat in hamburger meat and add the packet, mm-hmm. that's part of my macaroni and cheese strategy. Also, is that I don't like I said I don't add water. What I do is I make the pasta, then I melt the butter in it on the hot pasta, and that makes the liquid to which I add the cheese sauce, right? And then I only add milk as I go. So I stir in the powder then next, and then I only add milk as needed in order to make it as creamy as desired. But my initial starting liquid with which I'm mixing the cheese packet is butter, melted butter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Agreed. In the milk, I mean, obviously, if you've got heavy cream that's oh yeah that's the move i mean i discovered this when i first had my own apartment and so i was like making my own coffee and drinking that and like obviously the more fatty you go the better like there's no reason on dairy products to like once you realize you know you can add milk to your coffee or you can, you know, be luxurious and add some half and half, right? And then, like, once you discover that there's light cream also and not half and half, and then you can just go straight to the heavy cream and just add that to your coffee. Yes. You know, or you can add butter like the um, keto people do. And that's, you know, now you're just adding the pure milk fat without the benefit of the the sugars and the other things that are in dairy. What else we get? next news item well i have another cheese related news item that i feel is important and may impact our household um so cheeses this is a uh an article from um the french cheese i don't know what it is some french thing about cheese uh french cheese under threat 
Cheeses host a multitude of microorganisms that turn milk into curds. Selected by humans, these ferments are not exempt from food industry regulations, to the point that blue cheeses and camembert could disappear. What? Ever hear of Termignon Blue? This little-known cheese produced by just a few farms in the French Alps could save the entire blue cheese industry, which is threatened with extinction due to the standardization of production processes. Because the cheeses need these germs in them. Do you see what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. So they're over-regulating them to the point where it's losing the like biodiversity of the cheese microorganisms and like could make them extinct. Uh, this is because the characteristic blue-green mold comes from a previously unknown population of Penicillium roccaforti, the fungus used in the fermentation of all blue and veined cheeses. Thus penicillin. Yeah. The discovery is a bombshell in the world of cheese. Until now, only four populations of this species were known in the world, reports Jean Ro- Jeanne Ropard, who with Tatiana Giraud and their team at the ESE in Givet near Paris, has successfully sequenced the genome of the microorganism responsible for the fermentation of Termignon Blue. This consists of two wild populations. So basically they have to have these like new wild populations of cheese microorganisms because if they lose genetic diversity if they can't introduce new populations of cheese germs into that make the cheese cheese Uh then they can go extinct right because they don't have enough genetic diversity so it's important that they like find new fungus populations that allow them uh, the cheeses to produce cheese in large quantities, manufacturers have selected fungus strains that meet their self-imposed specifications. The cheeses must be appealing with a good flavor, no unappetizing colors, no mycotoxins, toxins secreted by the fungi, and the chosen fungus must grow quickly in the cheese it's intended to colonize. The food industry has exerted so much pressure on the selection of fungi that the microbial diversity among non-farm produced non-PDO cheeses has become extremely impoverished. Uh-oh. We've been able to domesticate these invisible organisms as we did with dogs or cabbage, Ropar explains. But what happened, as it does every time an organism large or small is subjected to overly drastic selection, is that their genetic diversity has been greatly reduced. Working with microorganisms, the cheesemakers didn't realize that they had selected a single individual, which is not sustainable over the long term. They, so they kept like cloning the same ones, right. and they're having trouble like reproducing them with new genetic strains over time. So basically, it's like when you, whenever you overbreed something, like you know how some dog breeds are right. like, like pugs have like flaws because. So am I going to lose blue cheese? Is that going away? You could. I always thought, and into- everybody knows blue cheese is rotten, but it's good. Well, all cheese is rotten. Yeah. It's all infected by fungi. <clears throat> right. It's the same ones. Lindberger is the is like a. The microorganism that's in there is the same one that causes foot odor. Really? Yeah. Limburger to me seems like a crime scene where a violent <laughs> sexual assault happened. It does. It's delicious, though disturbing and traumatic at the same time. Outback Steakhouse's parent company closes 41 restaurants nationwide, Alice. It's a problem. So we've been to Outback once, I believe, with your sister. Uh, Yes. We're not big. We like fast, casual dining experiences, but we have not ever really been an Outback family. No, didn't love it. Didn't love it. I'm like, I mean, we love Texas Roadhouse, although we can't go anymore because we have a peanut allergic head. You know, we love margaritas, obviously. We like a lot. We like things like that, you know? 
but we're not we just outback hasn't been on our list really no it didn't we went one time and you know if it's if it's got the word steakhouse in it the steak i feel has to be markedly better than anything i can make did we go to one in california or was that something else that steakhouse that we went to i don't remember going to a steakhouse it was like across the street from where we were staying nearby where the hooters was kind of just a little further down Oh, uh, was that an Outback? I don't think we actually went in there, did we? We did. We ate at a steakhouse. We ordered steak when we, we were on steak, Awake huh? and 180. Oh, okay. Um, that might have been an Outback. It might have been an Outback. Or a Tex Longhorn or something. I'm not even yeah, sure. maybe it was a long. I don't know. But it was one of those kind of chain steakhouses like that. It was good. I don't remember. The fact that we can't even remember. If but I don't like outback. the idea that these chains are closing. A lot of, but yeah, that's the, that segment of the restaurant industry has a really, really hard time. And actually, you think about that area. We were in Long Beach, California, and that was a huge steakhouse. And the Hooters is huge. You got to think. Imagine the overhead of those places. Yeah, it's just incredible, incredible. I genuinely think the world went downhill when McDonald's took away the two dollar sausage McGriddle off the all day menu. So this Gen is a girl on TikTok here, um, a marvelously endowed young lady with a wonderful um, front porch. You would say, Alice. I suppose so. Don't you pointed her out to me. I'm Don't a little me worried about her weight now. Okay. Genuinely. Genuinely. People used to be happier. Now what? Now what? It's like $4? You used to be able to go to McDonald's at 5.47 p.m. and get a nice little sausage McGriddle for dinner for two bucks. Now what? It stops at 10.30? This is why people are depressed. This is why people are anxious. If maybe we could waltz up to a McDonald's at 7 p.m. and order a sausage McGriddle for $2 again, like we used to be, people would be happier. I think it would solve a lot of issues. So we remember when this started. It was maybe 10, 15 years ago when McDonald's, uh, or maybe probably 10 years ago, mm -hmm. McDonald's decided to go all day with a breakfast menu. Yes. Which created problems because you have to switch over like the the kitchen. There's, it's we actually we've got a mole at McDonald's. We should probably ask at some point. But it created problems for them. But McDonald's was losing market share, so they were trying anything. Right, um, and people do like certain aspects of the McDonald's breakfast a lot. I think McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. I would never go for the McGriddle. I don't understand why we're doing something in between pancakes. Doesn't make any sense to me. But people like that. They like kind of sweet breakfasts. Breakfasts. I do think that the McDonald's breakfast burrito, one pack of picante sauce per bite, is a cool. It makes me happy. I'm not a breakfast burrito person. I don't want eggs in my burrito. I think it's weird. It's wrong. You're you're wrong. It's 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 too perfect. The fact that it it's a it's a cylinder that you can pour sauce into or hot sauce. I'm is, a biscuit person. I know that upsets you because oh, you feel that they're dry. But I've always it loved their biscuits. It attaches to your lungs. Biscuits. It's why do that to yourself? Why do it to yourself? McDonald's breakfast is good. I understand. Although you're you prefer McDonald's lunch menu. Yeah, I do. I I mean, a few things. I like the biscuits, and I love McDonald's hash browns. But yes, in general, say, would I would prefer to arrive at McDonald's after ten thirty. Would you say you're an OG Big Mac person? I mean, I don't know about OG. They like already existed, kind of when I started going to McDonald's. They were. I didn't. You're not I wasn't responsible there for anything that happened before you were born, Alice. <laughs> Well, I just don't want people to think I'm like claiming I 
you know people who are into a band and they you don't say want to they like appropriate oh, McDonald's royalty status. Into if this, you... I was into this band before they were popular. Like I mean, I, Big Macs were already a thing. I didn't discover them. You know what I mean? Way to play it safe, Alice. That's good. <laughs> That's good. You didn't, have, you didn't discover them. <laughs> no. Okay. But I've been eating Big Macs for probably <laughs> 20 years. I have to say, though, you guys got me the double Big Mac the other day. Yes. I understand that it's like a gimmick, like we put more of the thing in the sandwich, but I kind of feel that the original proportions of the original Big Mac are perfect, and that when you add more burgers, it like makes it too dry for the amount of sauce and other stuff in there. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't sure. Um, I, I think like that's you, my honest evaluation. I f- I feel like you like a perfectly constructed original Big Mac is kind of flawless. It's kind yeah, of yeah. You don't need to mess with it. It's kind of like and and the proportions are really good, right? It just it, the amount of bread, the amount of meat, the amount of sauce, like every it's it's great. And sometimes like companies just hit that right, like. Mm-hmm. Like Oreos didn't have that in the original Oreo, but the double stuff Oreo is the perfect proportion. And they try yes. and like eventually sometimes they'll come out with like a mega stuff Oreo yeah. or whatever with like more. You don't need to do that. Like the double stuff Oreo is already perfect. Well, OK. That said, if they could just give me a vat of the white stuff, I would eat that. No, you need the white stuff and the cookie. They go together. <sighs> I mean, and I don't. Like, I, I mix up how I eat the Oreos as I work my way solo through the pack, generally speaking. But, you know, like some I'll twist off a lid and like just eat that side and then I'll eat the other side together or some I'll eat off the cream and like, but sometimes I'll just eat it on its own too. Like, I like them all the ways, but I mean, it, I just think the proportions of the double stuff Oreo have like been optimized. They've like hit the golden ratio of sandwich cookie. Over this weekend, we went to a couple of different places. Morning Buzz Cafe in Amesbury, your review? I mean, they're always perfect. I didn't realize I didn't serve lunch foods on Sunday, which, once again, I like lunch foods. But I had the uh, Irish skillet special, which was delicious. And had- Would you say that the Morning Buzz Cafe in Amesbury, Massachusetts is your reigning breakfast champion? Yeah, I think they're my favorite breakfast place. Although FM Station is right in there, and they always let me yeah. order their burgers at breakfast time which i like yeah yeah and but it is... they, that burger it's on our instagram if you look at i think it's like the x burger or something it has some special name but they have a nice like mayo-y sauce on there and then there's um there's a fried egg and there's bacon and there's potato sticks which is like a genius move to have that on a burger potato sticks yeah agreed so anyway, I love them there at FM Station too. But yeah, I really did want the hot dog and my tuna melt at the Morning Bus Cafe. So I'll consider that again if I ever go on a Sunday again, that they only have the breakfast menu on Sundays. But but there's, the people are great. The staff is fantastic. The Bloody Marys taste so good. Oh, it's such a great, great place. And we spent some time uh, whacking out uh, PBRs at the Yen House. Well, I didn't have PBRs. You had uh, Trulies. Yes. Thoughts on the hen house experience? I like the hen house. I've never seen so much wood paneling in my entire life. <laughs> but Great like the place. bathroom was wood paneled. Good staff. But um, very makeshift. We 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 had kids in there. Probably like the regulars who wanted to just pound alcohol probably were turned off by that, but. But there, it's kid friendly. It's just a great place. And that's in Newton, New Hampshire. Yes, indeed, it is. So, 
Uh, Coca-Cola Spiced officially debuts in store shelves. Uh, I guess it was like last week. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? I haven't tried the Coca-Cola Spiced. Have you? No, but I'm against spicing stuff. I don't understand why we're doing this. Is it spiced like it's hot? I think so. That's interesting. I do sometimes like when drinks claim to be spicy. I do sometimes enjoy that experience. Like, do you remember the um one of those seltzers that we maybe it was uh, I think it was something ranch ranch water is that 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 one that had the like spicy one? Is that it? That was a really good spiked seltzer. I do like that sometimes. So could be good. It could be good. I I mean, like I'm not against it. But remember, we talked about on this show how like spicy is a big trend in the food industry. I do not like it. Sweet and spicy. Leave the spicy alone. I don't want to. I want to be hurt where I want to be hurt. Coca-Cola mm-hmm. is a sweet drink. I don't need it. I don't need spicy ice cream. It's spicy. Yeah, I'm uh, against it's it. Spicy. How do you feel, by the way? So we were just talking about how all these restaurants are, you know, trying to do their best to make do because it's a tough environment out there. Uh, Kirk Tanner, CEO and president of Wendy's, said that they are going to have digital menu boards so that they can have surge pricing the way Uber does. So that depending the time of day that you go to Wendy's, your meal will cost a different amount of money. Thoughts on this? I I personally feel that this is a strategic error because... Yeah, are they going to punish us for eating at lunchtime? Well, I mean, technically, and this is where like people get... I took economics in college, but people get like economist brain where... They like do stuff that seems like it's a good idea just based on like the graph in their economics class and not based on the realities of the way people think. Because in theory, the economic principle is that if your staff is getting overworked and you can't hire and like you're having trouble at certain times of day, then you could raise your prices at that time of day and fewer people will buy at that time of day. So you're like taking the pressure off your staff. You'll force people to spread themselves out and the people that want to eat at that, that really want to eat at that time of day, that are willing to pay more to eat at that time of day, that they'll prioritize themselves. Like they'll sort by the price. This marketing manager, I would fire so loudly in the boardroom for ever suggesting this. Because the thing, the reason why I think it's a big strategic mistake is because fast food consumers in particular plan very carefully around menu prices. Around menu prices, and also around timing. Fast food for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's also, for a lot of people, it's a very brief reprieve. And during your reprieve, you want to reprieve from everybody in the world giving you the middle finger. So when you go to Wendy's now and they're giving you the middle finger, well, F you too. Well, right. I mean, what The Economist would say is that the price is the market signal. So it's like that you'll only get the people at that time of day who really need to eat at that time of day and the people who are willing to pay more at that time of day, you're actually making it faster for them because you're weeding out the people that could go wait an hour. You know, That's fine. But when you allow people on your um, commercial airliner and suddenly divert half the people to the cargo section, okay, <laughs> It, it, I'm sure it makes well, sense. Well, right. So, and, and, but the, what I was going to say is like people know, people have fast food orders specifically and they know how much they cost. You right. know what I mean? And like you plan your meal knowing how much things cost. I think it's a deadly mistake. I think it's Dylan Mulvaney almost in its uh, just absolute insulting value to customers. No bueno. Well, I hate nostalgia. 
Cause I can't climb up that hill Without thinking your name My head nostalgia still think about you It's been so long, I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing and who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job And you go to church on Sundays And barbecue on weekends Out in your backyard And sometimes think about me 